Let us pray. O almighty Lord and everlasting God, vouchsafe, we beseech thee, to direct, sanctify, and govern both our hearts and bodies in the ways of thy laws and in the works of thy commandments, that through thy most mighty protection, both here and ever, we may be preserved in body and soul through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Christ our King, make you faithful and strong to do his will, that you may reign with him in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest upon you and all whom you serve this day and all your days. Amen. The hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven, will follow the sevenfold. divested of his vestments of gold and he will be dressed in the imperial purple robe of the state. He will then take up the orb and scepter and put on the imperial state crown. We will hear in the meantime the singing of the Te Deum first time a Te Deum was sung in this completed Cathedral Abbey Church was 
at the end of the Battle of Agincourt, when Henry V returned here in 1450. At the conclusion of the Te Deum, the King and Queen will process back out of the Abbey Church, and the National Anthem will be sung. First of all, the choir will sing the anthem, The King Shall Rejoice, by William Boyce, written for the coronation of King George III in 1761.
William Walton composed this Te Diem for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II in 1953. It's been arranged here by John Rutter.
the procession is ready. The bishops are at the door, and we wait for the king to appear. crowned, enthroned. The king passes back to the west door, receiving bows from the choristers and children of the chapel's royal. And the king's company colour, the royal standard of the Grenadier Guards is lowered to their colonel-in-chief and to the captain. 
Commander saluted. Blessings from members of other faiths. First of all, the orb and scepter are taken by the crown jeweler.
merging into a chilly, rainy May afternoon. And after 70 years of preparation, the longest serving heir to the throne in history, Charles, has finally become the 62nd British monarch and being crowned King Charles III. His Queen Camilla by his side after a 50-year love story that nearly never was his touchstone, his sounding board, who 25 years ago said, you must be joking to a suggestion she'd one day be queen. Not always loved or even liked by the people of the Commonwealth, the King and Queen have been patient. Today, their Commonwealth stretches from Baffin Bay in the Canadian Arctic to the Great Barrier Reef in Australia and from Montserrat to Pitcairn Islands. How many of those people will be celebrating with him today? Last time the Commonwealth witnessed a coronation, we still retain the remnants of an empire and deference to the title was as natural as breathing. As Charles enjoys the moment, he will also realise he must provide a different approach if the monarchy is to thrive. Apathy will be his biggest enemy if polling by Britons is to be believed. There have been suggestions of a scaled-down coronation to reflect the cost of living crisis presently gripping the country, but little sign of that in front of us as a procession of more than 4,000 military and others stretching more than a mile prepares to escort the King, Queen and other members of the royal family back to Buckingham Palace. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for Harry, of course. Today's events have been paid for by the UK government and no figure is yet available, but it will certainly be significantly higher than the cost of the Queen's coronation that would have been more than £45 million in today's money. But as the King and Queen prepare for their procession back to Buckingham Palace, Charles III will be pleased and relieved that the coronation is over. Although he didn't have to actually have one, most other modern monarchies have dispensed with coronations, although the tourist dollar from those who've travelled from around the globe to witness all the pomp and circumstance is a mitigating factor. His family, plus around 2,200 guests, were here to witness, including Harry. 70 years ago, more than 8,000 people had crammed into the Abbey. The coronation of King Charles has become a very modern affair. Rather than peers and landed gentry, the Abbey was filled with local community heroes and TV royalty, along with an extended family, including his wife's grandchildren, children, heads of state, and even Queen Camilla's ex-husband was here to witness events. The garrison sergeant major, Mr. Stokes, about to give the quick march. And this vast coronation procession will start on its way to take the King from Westminster Abbey back to Buckingham Palace. And horses that have been waiting for some time, and soldiers who are yearning to get their arms swinging as they head on and lead the way back with the music, Coronation Bells.
excited about the Gold State coach. Uh, last uh, seen during the pageant of the Platinum Jubilee, as you will know, for Queen Elizabeth II in June of 2022. Those six greys that we saw on the way here um, are still part of the procession. This time, though, joined also by Meg and Newark. This coach being an extra ton heavier than the one on the way down. with the other carriages of members of the royal family, including the Prince and Princess of Wales there with their three children. Prince George, who's done a marvellous job as one of the King's pages. And the King's carriages surrounded by service people from all of the realms, of which he is now crowned as King. The bells of the Abbey ring out here in broad pavement reaction as the carriage joins this massive procession weaving its way a mile long all the way from Westminster Abbey and the front of it will almost certainly already be arriving close to the Queen Victoria Memorial. Prince Louis is very interested in everything that's going on out there along with Princess Charlotte waving away. They're in the Australian state coach. Flags there of the dependent territories. Most of them based on the blue ensign, the use of the individual identities of the different nations who are part of the dependent territories of the United Kingdom. The procession still passing by our gantry point here outside Westminster Abbey. As it enters the gates of Buckingham Palace, they will still be passing the cenotaph. Dominic, he is going to be a king uh, for uh, the, well, the world, I suppose, is how they're trying to uh, portray him as. He's going to be travelling the world and the uh, main figures around the world coming back here as well to the United Kingdom. Yeah, and I think there are parallels to be drawn, Kay, with uh, his mother. And um, 70 years ago, she emerged from Westminster Abbey in similar weather, quite a damp, soggy day then as well. But it's what happened inside the Abbey that, that uh, changed uh, the monarchy for good. It was televised, that coronation, obviously, for the first time. And that began the, the launching of her as a global megastar. And she really was the first global megastar touring the world for months at a time, uh, welcomed uh, with rapturous welcomes in America and, and across the Commonwealth. Now, obviously, King Charles uh, is not going to be able to hope for such receptions around the world, but he clearly is hoping for a similar role on the international stage and already has been acting uh, as a uh, sort of diplomat-in-chief ceremonial, if you like, uh, for the government and most recently inviting Joe Biden, the US president, uh, here. Coming in the near future, we're told, not exactly sure when. Joe Biden hasn't come to the coronation, his wife coming instead. But uh, King Charles has already had a successful uh, uh, trip to Germany, uh, where he was welcomed with very large crowds, gave speeches in German, a, a trip that was uh, seen very much as a big success, and obviously went there as his first trip 
unexpectedly was meant to be going to France, but the uh, civil unrest in France meant that that trip was wow, cancelled by shot. common French and uh, British agreements. So yeah. off to Germany then. But I think he hopes to uh, play a role on the world stage, not quite like his mother, but certainly following her footsteps. Oh, look at the little one there. He's been as good as gold today as well. Not really the show stealer he was at the Golden Jubilee. Four members of the military taking part in the procession back to Buckingham Palace, Alistair. And it's led by the Brigade Major at the front of his retinue and the King's Troop Royal Horse Artillery with guns that fired earlier on to mark the fact that the King had been crowned. His chance to see those who have come out in this rather dismal weather to wish him and Queen Camilla well. There are eight groups of this procession of 4,000 moving armed forces personnel from around the Commonwealth as well as the United Kingdom. We're watching there the Sovereign's escort. The second carriage will be Prince and Princess Wales and their children. But the Royal Navy are the senior service marching behind their King's Colour, round past Trafalgar Square where Nelson looks down. The Royal Navy in which the King served for much of his service career. Morning officer of HMS Bonington. Sweeper. And at the centre of the Royal Navy and before the Royal Marines come, and of His Majesty's Royal Marines. Music being played, the bond of friendship, and then Holyrood, and then a great little army. All of it controlled by my central tick system. All the musicians are hearing the same clicking, and that's keeping everything to time. first groups making their way almost up to the palace itself and as they go past some will go into the garden ready to salute the king and some will move on to other places in London for the dismount. King's troops setting off to the left and mounted band of the Household Cavalry Mounted Regiment moving off down Constitution Hill. And a 
as they near the front of the procession, nears the entrance to Buckingham Palace. Still, the bells are pealing here at Westminster Abbey. Within the last few moments, we have seen Prince Harry leave um, in uh, a vehicle with uh, the uh, Prince Andrew in a vehicle just behind him. With there have been some speculation whether Harry would be in the procession that was not to be. Um, he uh, is heading back to um, uh, Los Angeles, we believe, before too long. It is, of course, his son Archie's fourth birthday today. Some speculation he came in yesterday, stayed at Frogmore Cottage last night, and uh, will head back to the airport uh, within the next few minutes, a 12-hour flight back to the uh, west coast of the United States and back to the arms of his family. He has been invited to the lunch at Buckingham Palace and it asked the palace whether he'd accepted that invitation. Uh, they declined to uh, offer a view on that, Alistair. Household Division troops marching round towards Admiralty Arch, where this stream of red will divide into three groups to get through the three separate arches. Here, the Coldstream Guards and behind the Lifeguards. Bodyguards, the Honourable Corps of Gentlemen at Arms, the Royal Company of Archers, and the Yeoman of the Guard. And it's a great view up there as they march with their colours. And the State Royal Standard, really now with this weather opening out over the palace. Commonwealth representatives. Group two, which is led by the band of the Royal Regiment of Scotland, Highland Band of the Royal Regiment, and also the Lowland Band. Service people from Antigua, Barbuda, Malaysia, Australia, the Maldives, Bahamas, Malta, Bangladesh, New Zealand, Barbados, Pakistan, Belize, Papua New Guinea, Brunei, Dar es Salaam, Rwanda, Cameroon, St. Kitts and Nevis, Canada, Seychelles, Eswatini, Sierra Leone, Fiji, Sri Lanka, Gabon, Tanzania, Jamaica, Togo, Kenya, Tonga, Lesotho, Trinidad and Tobago. And all the flags of the British Overseas Territories and the 56 flags of the member nations of the Commonwealth also there. This area, which is lined by the uniformed civil organisations, including the St John Ambulance, you can hear the crowd reacting to the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh and their children. Duke and Duchess of Gloucester there with the 
husband of Princess Royal, Harrington Lawrence. Sir Tim's wife is at his gold stick in waiting. She has mounted Commonwealth. 25 years ago, she was asked whether she thought she would ever be Queen. She said, you must be joking. Well, look what's happening today. The Royal Air Force now coming round in front of the grandstand. Chance for everyone to see while the King's not far away at the other end of the mall, just having come through. Admiralty Arch. Let's listen to the music. the regiments and corps of the British Army, including the Royal Navy too, as the Prince of Wales comes round. Also, past a lot of cadets there who will play their part in bringing the crowd down later on. Supporting the police in that process. You may be interested that the King who has the scepter and the orb with him. The orb was placed into a little frame that was made for the Queen's coronation in 1953. Her procession around London took nearly an hour and three quarters, maybe even longer. And so it was a help for her to have that frame being used again today as the Royal Navy make their way up the Mall. Well, a sea of bobbing 
magnificent helmets there along the Mall as they swing around uh, Queen Victoria Memorial. A wonderful sight down the Mall. The front of the procession already in the gardens of Buckingham Palace covering nearly 40 acres, including a three-acre lake. The garden originally laid out back in the 1600s. Princess Charlotte, as you can see, enjoying looking at the crowds alongside Prince Louis. with the royal family. King William IV, a former naval officer, said being driven in the Gold State coach was like being on board a ship tossing in a rough sea. Queen Victoria complained of the distressing oscillation of the coach, often refusing to ride in it. And Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II described it as horrible, not very comfortable, adding that it's not meant for travelling in at all. It's only on sprung leather. And perhaps that was one of the reasons that King Charles decided to head from Buckingham Palace on the outward journey in the Diamond Jubilee State coach. We know he's got a bad back from those years playing polo and skiing, multiple falls with that as well. But here he is now, their majesty is riding in the splendor of the Mall. The crowds there waiting to see them. A mile long procession filling the Mall and all the bands. 19 bands taking part in this procession as they make their way down through the rain. But a proud moment for all those service members taking part today.
notice that the groups of troops right across the mall narrow down at the end of the mall in order that they can go from this enormously wide front to a much narrow one in order to get into the garden of Buckingham Palace. And you'll watch the household division do that now. South Africa Gate and then around the Queen Victoria Memorial and back into Buckingham Palace. King anointed, crowned and enthroned, followed by his family. A coronation that has met all the history that the nation knows and recognises as all the children of the Prince of Wales bowed to the colour there as the Prince saluted. trees holding up the roof of that very beautiful Golden State coach. And at the rear, two tritons, which are sea monsters with the heads of men and the tails of dolphins, are blowing seashells to alert the approach of the king. A design made for King George III in the 18th century. Royal riding as gold stick in waiting 
to support her brother at this time of his coronation. She watched from the window here as a very young girl when her mother went off and returned from her coronation. Shortly, the king and queen will go out into the garden where they will receive a salute and three cheers from the armed forces who took part in that long parade, who entered the palace from that right-hand gate there, the garden gate. escort there on the left with their standard lowered in salute to members of the royal family and the carriages coming home.
So now the bands and the soldiers will quickly readjust in order to be in position not only to salute the king and wish him three cheers, but also to quickly dismount the street liners from the far end of the mall and as quick as possible bring all those troops off the mall so that the police can bring the public down to the palace for the balcony appearance at 2.30. Meanwhile, the king being helped out of the carriage with Queen Camilla. not far for the King and Queen Camilla to go through the state entrance and out to the garden through the bow room on the other side where the armed forces are waiting to give salute. The crown jeweller there taking the scepter with the cross out as the King dismounts and alights from the carriage. So the household division, guardsmen, following the pour of drums. The rain's pouring down out there, slightly dampening the enthusiasm of the crowd. But there you can see, in the distance, the half companies are already coming out of their position as street liners and preparing to march away. And in fact, the departure from London by 7,000 troops is as brilliant as the arrival. Seeing the King's bodyguards going in there, the Honourable Corps of Gentlemen at Arms with their swan's feathers. And the flag bearers of the Commonwealth countries. As the Household Division carrying their state colours and regimental colours, Queen's co uh, King's colours, into the palace for this really tremendous Three cheers for the king and a salute. Rhythmically, the drums beat, the state royal standard catching the breeze uh, above the palace and the crowd applauding once again. A huge spontaneous round of applause in praise of the 4,000 members of the armed forces who've taken uh, part in that parade. A proud moment certainly for them. But what now for the king? He'll soon join those members of the military uh, in the gardens here at Buckingham Palace, who watched him in that service, looking deeply emotional, certainly feeling the responsibility now on his shoulders. Well, Patrick Harrison, the king's former press secretary, joins me now. And you watch too. The king deep in thought. This means so much to him. It really does. It was a very poignant and moving service, I thought. And, uh, yes, you could see it etched on his face how deeply he felt this. Music, of course, that he'd uh, uh, paid uh, great attention to um, and m many of his uh, favourite composers in there, new pieces and old, adding to the, uh, to the overall emotion. Um, 
but, but at the heart, a religious ceremony and one which, as a spiritual uh, man, he took very seriously indeed. So how would he be feeling during that, do you think? Because parts of his life, even his father's life as a Prince of Greece were reflected there. Yes. You know, being Prince of Wales for so long, we had all of these elements of his life brought in, don't you think, during that service? Absolutely. It was beautifully put together as a service and it, uh, uh, it, ha it rooted in tradition with many of the old elements, but also some, some new uh, uh, parts as well, reflecting uh, uh, the King's own uh, particular interests as well. So it was a wonderful mixture of old and new. And obviously uh, we had uh, female bishops being involved for the first time. We had a Hindu prime minister reading a lesson um, and uh, and we had uh, the other Christian faiths also involved in the ceremony as well. So, um, as someone who has taken uh, interfaith dialogue very seriously, um, but is uh, a keen defender of the Christian faith as well, I thought that mixture, that marriage together, uh, worked very well indeed. The King's Troop Royal Horse Artillery moving past now. Uh, really emotional King Charles there in the Abbey. Presumably many in the congregation also felt the deep emotion that we saw there today, Kay. Joanna Lumley is here, as is. You can still drink your tea with Stephen Barlow, her husband. Enjoying a cup of tea. A cup of tea. For the first time since. Since, oh, since early this morning, because we had to leave the we house. We didn't have coffee this morning. We didn't, we didn't have, have coffee anything. either. We had, had a little glass of water. Because you were in the Abbey a long we time. We were in the Abbey a long time. Didn't want to get caught short. But honestly, Kay, it was just an extraordinary oh, feeling. Because first of all, it was a bit like a cocktail party, because you seem to know everybody who's coming in. You go, oh my God, oh my God, you like this. And so all that's going on. And the music's playing, and it's adorable, and we're looking around. Then gradually it begins closing in and it becomes slightly more formal and then suddenly it's as if we stepped over the threshold into a great medieval kind of ceremony, something so extraordinary and uplifting and exact and very religious. It was extraordinary. It was a bit of a free-for-all, though, to start with, Stephen, wasn't it, when you got oh, in there? It was first-come, 1st serve for the receipt. I would have thought you'd have had a seating that's got your name on it, and but no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So we were going, anybody and somebody going, we've got a seat here. <laughs> so we, we did manage to sit together, but it was lovely. What did you think of the music, of course, absolutely up your street? I, I, it's stunning. Twelve newly commissioned pieces, all of different types, and some very formal, some very celebratory. But honestly, two orchestras in there, massed brass, several choirs. Yes. The effect was absolutely overwhelming. And the soloists are beautiful, pretty singing and Bryn Taffer. Ronnie Williams and Rod Bryn Taffer. Just wonderful. I mean, honestly, the, it, it was an overwhelming experience, not only musical, because of course, it was all contextual. So all the music was for the occasion. Um, utter, utter bliss. Very, very British. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Lord Lord Webber had written a piece of music. Yes, oh, it yes, was stunning. Absolutely. Was it? It was absolutely beautiful. And um, the King had apparently said he wanted something you could go out humming. 
and I think that people will when they can get hold of it again. They might have to hear it one more time. <laughs> we're waiting for the King to take the salute in the uh, backyard. I was asking you if you were going for lunch and you said, no, you're going to go home and have some champagne. <laughs> yes, we did. Slightly frivolous sounding, but um, it's really to celebrate this extraordinary day and our immense luck being here. But I just want to say to people at home that um, they may well have seen more of the ceremony than we did because although we were there and taking it all in and we were in the great abbey of church, you couldn't see as much as what was going on. There were screens where we saw how, what was actually going on, whether the king was being crowned or whatever. But I think at home you might have got much, much better viewing on Sky, so well done. <laughs> did you record it? Are you going to watch it when you get home? I absolutely want to. I mean, um, it's one of those experiences that you... You, you want to take away as much as you can, but when you, perhaps when we see it again, it'll go deeper and deeper and, and it will sink in. Yes. Just how extraordinarily lucky we were to be there. Uh, amazing. Um, I was sharing with our viewers, but for those that are joining us obviously all the time, tell us how you know the royal couple. I can't imagine how it first started, but I think I knew, funnily enough, I knew them separately to begin with. Um, Mrs. Parker Bowles, as she was then, through her dear friend, Jilly Cooper, yes. who's a great writer in whose sitcom I'd been, and so we'd become friends. And I remember meeting her at a lunch there long ago when their children were quite young at Jilly's. At, at and um, the present king, the, the king rather now, rather than the Prince of Wales, I knew through charitable things and so on. And so you just get to know these extraordinarily kind and ordinary, extraordinary people. That, that's what they are, really, because they're just like us, but in a completely different setting. Amazing. And I hear when you go to visit, um, they take the car away, fill it full of petrol and clean the car for when, you, when you're leaving at the end of your stay. That was at Sandringham. What a lovely <laughs> story. What a lovely story. Went, oh, my God. I mean, we hoped we'd send it off looking quite clean, but it came back absolutely shimmering. <laughs> what a great story. What's your favourite memory of the event? To be quite honest, when the, the, the whole service right. opened with I Was Glad, written by Parry... OK, I'm going to have to get you to hold that thought because the King is about to come out to take the salute. Um, and so we will... Um, monitor that and we'll have another chat a bit Lovely. later on if that's okay. Thanks. Anna? Well, what a scene then in the gardens of Buckingham Palace. The, uh, the king will be moving through the palace, we know, uh, to head out into the garden. Those troops uh, have been massing there. Uh, meanwhile, the street liners are starting to pull away from the Mall and the area around the Queen Victoria Memorial, getting a round of applause as well uh, from the crowds here. And Alistair, really, uh, what a moment for them, saluting uh, the king now and uh, paying tribute to him uh, and Camilla. This is a moment of profound loyalty for the armed forces to declare to the newly anointed and crowned king their determination to serve. The garrison sergeant major there, Mr. Stokes, who's planned all of this, will have given his signal now to the palace who are watching. And there you see the ranks of the senior officers of the armed forces at the front there, followed by the household division, 
the Royal Navy, the senior service of the armed forces, and then the regiments, corps, and other units of the British Army, followed by the Royal Air Force, and then at the back, the Commonwealth representatives of the realms and other countries in the Commonwealth. And the bands from the three armed forces at the rear. Everything is ready. What we will see is these massed sailors, soldiers and aviators giving a royal salute to the king, the head of the armed forces, followed by three cheers. Hey, Sandra! 